0: Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 14 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford. To John Stewart, Aberdeen, 1637. Worthy, sir, grace, mercy, and peace be with you. I long for the time when I shall see the beauty of the Lord in his house and would be as glad of it as of any sight on earth to see the halt, the blind, and the lame come back to Zion with supplications, Jeremiah 31, 8 and 9. Going and weeping and seeking the Lord, asking their way to Zion, with their faces thitherward, Jeremiah fifty four and 5, and to see the woman travailing in birth, delivered of the man-child of a blessed reformation. If this land were humbled, I would look that our skies should clear and our day dawn again, and you should then bless Christ, who is content to save your travail and to give himself to you in pure ordinances on this side of the sea. I know the mercy of Christ is engaged by promise to Scotland. Notwithstanding, he bring wrath, as I fear he will, upon this land. I am waiting on for enlargement and half content that my faith bow, if Christ, while he bow it, keep it unbroken. For who goeth through a fire without a mark or a scald? I see the Lord making use of this fire to scour his vessels from their rust. Oh, that my will were silent and as a child weaned from the breasts. Psalm 131, 2. But alas, who hath a heart that will give Christ the last word in the contest and will hear and not speak again. Oh, contests and querulous replies as, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Jonah 4, 9. Smell of the stink of strong corruption. O oh, blessed soul that could sacrifice his will and go to heaven, having lost his will and made resignation of it to Christ. I would seek no more but that Christ were absolute king over my will and that my will were a sufferer in all crosses without meeting Christ with such a word. Why is it thus? I wish still that my love had but leave to stand beside beautiful Jesus and to get the mercy of looking to him and burning for him. Suppose that possession of him were suspended till my Lord fold together the leaves and two sides of the little shepherd's tents of clay. Oh, what pain is there in longing for Christ under an overclouded and eclipsed assurance? What is harder than to burn pine with longing and deaths of love, and then to have blanks and uninked paper for assurance of Christ in real fruition or possession. Oh, how sweet were one line or half a letter of a written assurance under Christ's own hand. But this is our exercise daily that guilt should overmist and darken assurance. It is a miracle to believe. But for a sinner to believe is two miracles. But oh, what obligations of love are we under to Christ, who beareth with our wild apprehensions in suffering them to nickname sweet Jesus and to put a lie upon his good name. If he had not been God, and if long-suffering in Christ were not like Christ himself, We should long ago have broken Christ's mercies in two pieces and put an iron bar upon our own salvation, that mercy should not have been able to break or overleap. But long-suffering in God is God himself, and that is our salvation, and the stability of our heaven is in God. He who said, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. For our hope and foundation and pillars of it is Christ God. Knew that sinners are anchor fast and made stable in God, so that if God do not change, which is impossible, then my hope shall not fluctuate. O sweet stability of well-founded salvation! Who could win heaven if this were not so? And who could be saved if God were not God? And if he were not such a God as he is, O God, be thanked that our salvation is coasted and landed and shored upon Christ, who is master of winds and storms. And what sea winds can blow the coast or the land out of its place? Bulwarks are often cast down, but coasts are not removed. But suppose that were or might be, yet God cannot reel nor remove. Oh, that we should go from this strong and unmovable Lord, and that we should loosen ourselves, if it were in our power, from him. Alas, our green and young love hath not taken with Christ, being unacquainted with him. He is such a wide and broad, deep and high and surpassing sweetness that our love is too little for him. But oh, that our love, little as it is, could unite with his great and huge sweetness and transcendent excellency Oh thrice-blessed and eternally blessed are they who are out of themselves, that they may be, in love, united to him. I am often rolling up and down the thoughts of my faint and sick desires of expressing Christ's glory before his people. But I see not through the throng of impediments and cannot find eyes to look higher, and so I put many things in Christ's way to hinder him that I know he would but laugh at and with one stride set his foot over them all. I know not if my Lord will bring me to his sanctuary or not, but I know he hath the placing of me either within or without the house and that nothing will be done Without him. But I am often thinking and saying within myself that my days flee away and I see no good, neither yet Christ's work thriving. And it is likely the grave shall prevent the answer of any desires of saving of souls as I would. But alas, I cannot make right work of his ways. I neither spell nor read my Lord's providence aright. My thoughts go away, so that I fear they meet not God. For it is likely God will not come the way of my thoughts. And I cannot be taught to crucify to him my wisdom and desires, and to make him king over my thoughts. For I would have a princedom over my thoughts, and would boldly and blindly Prescribe to God, and guide myself in a way of my own making. But I hold my peace here. Let him do his will. Grace, grace be with you. To Earlston Younger, Aberdeen 1637 Worthy and dearly beloved in the Lord, Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. I long to hear from you. I remain still a prisoner of hope and do think it service to the Lord to wait on still with submission till the Lord's morning sky break and his summer day dawn. For I am persuaded it is a piece of the chief errand of our life, That God sent us for some years down to this earth, among devils and men, the firebrands of the devil and temptations, that we might suffer for a time here, amongst our enemies. Otherwise, he might have made heaven to wait on us at our coming out of the womb and have carried us home to our country without letting us set down our feet in this naughty and thorny life. But seeing a piece of suffering is carved to every one of us, less or more, as infinite wisdom hath thought good. Our part is to harden and habituate our soft and thin-skinned nature, to endure fire and water, devils, lions, men, losses, woe-hearts as those that are looked upon by God, angels, men, and devils. Oh, what folly is it to sit down and weep upon a decree of God that is both dumb and deaf at our tears and must stand still as unmovable as God who made it. For who can come behind our Lord to alter or improve what he hath decreed and done? It is better to make windows in our prison and to look out to God in our country, heaven, and to cry like fettered men who long for the king's free air, Lord, let thy kingdom come, oh, let the bridegroom come, and o oh day, o oh fair day, O oh everlasting summer day, dawn and shine out, break out from under the black sky and shine. I am persuaded that if every day a little stone in the prison walls were broken and thereby assurance given to the chained prisoner lying under 20 stone of irons upon arms and legs, that at length his chain should wear into pieces and a hole should be made at length as wide as he might come safely out to his long-desired liberty, he would in patience wait on till time should hold the prison wall and break his chains. The Lord's hopeful prisoners, under their trials, are in that case. Years and months will take out now one little stone, then another of this house of clay, and at length, Time shall work out the breadth of a fair door and send out the imprisoned soul to the free air in heaven. And time shall file off by little and little our iron bolts which are now on legs and arms and outdate and wear our troubles threadbare and then wear them to nothing. For what I suffered yesterday I know shall never come again to trouble me. Oh, that we could breathe out new hope and new submission every day into Christ's lap, for certainly a weight of glory well weighed, yea, increasing to a far more exceeding and eternal weight, shall recompense both weight and length of light and short-dated crosses, Our waters are but ebb and come neither to our chin nor to the stopping of our breath. I may see, if I would borrow eyes from Christ, dry land and that near. Why then should we not laugh at adversity and scorn our short-born and soon-dying temptations? I rejoice in the hope of the glory to be revealed, for it is no uncertain glory we look for. Our hope is not hung upon such an untwisted thread as I imagine so, or it is likely, but the cable, the strong toe of our fastened anchor is the oath and promise of him who is eternal verity. Our salvation is fastened, with God's own hand and with Christ's own strength to the strong stoop of God's unchangeable nature. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Malachi three six. We may play and dance and leap upon our worthy and immovable rock. The ground is sure and good and will abide the assaults of hell. And the world. Oh, if our faith could ride it out against the high and proud winds and waves when our sea seemeth all to be on fire. Oh, how oft do I let my grips go. I am put to swimming and half sinking. I find that the devil hath the advantage of the ground in this battle, for he fighteth on known ground in our corrupt nature. Alas, that is a friend near of kin and blood to himself, and will not fail to fall foul upon us. And hence it is that he who saveth to the uttermost and leadeth many sons to glory is still writing my salvation. Twenty times a day I ravel my heaven, and then I must come with my ill raveled work to Christ, to cumber him, as it were, to write it, and to seek again the right end of the thread and to fold up again my eternal glory with his own hand and to give a right cast of his holy and gracious hand to my marred and spoiled salvation. Certainly it is a cumbersome thing to keep a foolish child from falls and broken brows and weeping for this and that toy and rash running and sickness and bairn's diseases. Ere he get through them all, he costeth no little care and fashery to his keepers. And so is a believer a cumbersome piece of work and an ill rabbled hesp, as we used to say, to Christ. But God be thanked for many spoiled salvations and many ill-ravelled hesps hath Christ mended since first he entered tutor to lost mankind. Oh, what could we bairns do without him? How soon should we mar all? But the less our weight be upon our own feeble legs and the more on Christ, the strong rock, the better for us. It is good for us that ever Christ took the cumber of us. It is our heaven to lay many weights and burdens upon Christ and to make him all we have, root and top, beginning and ending of our salvation. Lord, hold us here. Now to this tutor and rich Lord, I recommend you, Hold fast till he come, and remember his prisoner. Grace, grace be with you. That was episode 14 of The Letters of Samuel Rutherford.